Father, I thank you for this day, Father. I thank you for this gathering of your saints, Father, the hearts that you've brought here today, here and also live streaming. We welcome them, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you open our ears to hear your word this morning. Just allow our hearts to receive your word this morning, God. God, I just thank you. I, I pray for your anointing power to just share your word, God. Thank you for allowing me to stand before people, stand before man, and share your word, God. But, God, I'm here to honor you, God. I want your word to be pleasing coming out of my mouth towards you, almighty God. God, I continue to just pray over every heart that's in here, every child that's in here, everyone who's connected to Capital City Church. May your blessings fall upon them in every single way, God. May they continue their hope, their trust, and their belief in you, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the church said, amen, amen. Today, church, I want to talk about adding to your faith. Adding to your faith. You say, what faith? What faith? I say that because... We sometimes put our faith in everything but the Lord. But the Lord. So what faith? What faith? Today we're talking about faith that counts. Faith that counts, church. Faith that heals. Faith that delivers. Faith that changes lives. Faith that saves lives. Faith that brings us into the family of God. Faith that has brought us through those doors this morning. That is the faith in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the faith that counts. That is where it all begins. That is where it all begins. But it does not stop at that confession. It does not stop at that confession. James says, faith without works is a dead faith. It's a dead faith. It's faith that doesn't grow. Faith that doesn't reach. Faith that doesn't even show, church. It's all dead. So we have work to do. We have work to do to grow in our faith, church, to grow in our faith. All that has accepted Christ has accepted what? Faith. But we must grow in our faith to be more like who? Christ. Amen. Amen. Christ is the overcomer. He is the overcomer of the world, and our faith gives us the ability to overcome the difficulties of this world. And when I say world, I mean the corrupt nature of this world. We must grow in our faith to be overcomers of our own fleshly desires. Because our fleshly desires are corrupt also, right? We must grow in our faith to overcome the disappointments of life. The grief, the sorrows, the heartaches, and the pains of this life. So we must grow in our faith. We must be diligent. 
diligent in adding to our faith. We must do it on purpose. We must do it on purpose. We must work hard at it. We must work hard at it and give it our full attention, church. Adding to our faith must be on purpose. It must be on purpose. Because if we don't find ourselves adding to our faith, we find ourselves getting hurt by the same old troubles, by the same old difficulties. And we feel like life may be over sometimes because we are not adding to our faith. We are not growing, growing in our faith. Remember, it doesn't stop at that confession. We must add so we can grow to our, in our faith, church. So we are not growing in our faith means we are not growing in the knowledge of God. How can you grow in your faith if you're not growing in the knowledge of God? That's impossible. It's impossible. Most Christians believe that just accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God says that God is going to do just what he said he's going to do. And all we have to do is what? Receive it. That's true. That's true. We need more than just faith to endure the trials and tribulations of this world, church. We need more. We must grow in our faith through our knowledge of God. Through our knowledge of God. Meaning, study your Bibles. Study. Your Bibles, church, which will teach us how to handle the trials and tribulations of this world. So when we grow in the knowledge of God, we learn what? The characteristics of God. And the characteristics of God is what we need to add to our faith. We need to add the characteristics of God to our faith to be more like Christ, to be godly men and women. Faith is a response, a response of commitment to God and a desire to do his will. When we received our faith, we made a commitment to God. We made a commitment to God to do his will. Do you remember your, confess, your confession? Do you remember the promise of your commitment? Do you remember it? So why is it important to add to your faith? So we must grow in the knowledge of God, and we can't grow in the knowledge of God or add to our faith if we don't study his word. We need to grow and add to our faith, and that is why we're going to be reading through uh, 2 Peter today. We're going to be starting at verse 1. In these first seven verses, Peter emphasizes the importance of spiritual growth and the pursuit, the pursuit of moral, moral excellence. 
And the aim of this level is that believers would mature in their faith and grow in the knowledge of Jesus and that we will be more productive for Jesus. Urging us to continue to make progress, to make progress moving forward and grow and be fruitful in our faith. Amen? And he starts with the greeting of the faithful. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, has received, received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Servant means slave. All Christians are to be servants of Jesus Christ. Jesus is our master. He is our master. He is the one who rescues us from the corruption of this world. That is why we must grasp that concept when he says who the son sets free is free indeed. So we can be free if we want to be free, right? We have no excuse not to be free. As, as, as Dow and Chaz talked about, those strongholds. We can be free from those strongholds. We can be free from depression and anxiety if we want to be free. If we want to be free. And he says to those who received a faith as precious as ours, meaning other believers, he's speaking to you and I, whose faith is in the Lord and Master Jesus Christ. And he's letting us know that we don't. We don't supply this faith, church. We don't produce it out of our own will. It's our response of trusting God. Faith, he says, is given. He says, those who have received a faith. Received a faith. You have received your faith. You did not produce your faith, church. You did not produce it. Faith is something we receive, not something we are to supply out of ourselves. Because faith is a gift from who? God. It's a gift from God. We're not strong enough in ourselves to overcome the difficulties of this world. We're not even strong enough to overcome the, the, our corrupt nature. We can't. We can't. So God, being the great and, and merciful and loving God that he is, he's blessed us with this precious faith. With this precious faith. He didn't have to. But he knew we needed something in this world of corruption. We lean on that faith. So we must what? Grow in that 
faith, church. So we receive the faith as a gift from God. But there are some things we must do to make sure we grow in our faith. Gaining the knowledge of God. Knowing God to which faith opens that door. Placing our hope in the promises of God that energizes and strengthens that faith that we so have. And through all of these, all of these things happen because our relationship with Jesus. With Jesus. Verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That divine power of God and Jesus. Remember, they are one. They are one. That power that Jesus shares with God, that he shares with God. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that is the power that manifests itself in each of us. In each of us. Through, guess what? Our what? Our faith. That power manifests through your faith. Jesus has given us everything. Everything we need for a life of godliness through that divine power. See how important faith is? Jesus has given us everything we need through that divine power of your faith. Of your faith, church. Remember, we have received a faith. We have received a precious faith. Just as the apostles received that faith. That is the same faith. You have the same faith as Peter who's writing this letter. You have the same faith. The thing of it is, is what you going to do with that faith? Will you desire to continue to grow in that faith? Or are you satisfied with where your faith lies? That's the difference, church. That is the difference. Now, the one who called us is who? God is God. God called us into this faith. He called you to the faith that you have because God saw something in you. He saw something in you. He saw something that's wonderful, that's great, that's good. So he called you into this precious faith. God wants to bring it out of you, out of you. He wants you to glorify him in the highest, in the highest. He knows that there's something there. You might don't know yet, but it's there. But it will not show if you don't grow and express your faith. Because the glory is not yours. The glory is his. The glory is his. Sometimes we get stuck right there because we want the glory 
So if our faith can't show enough, we hold back because no one's watching. Because we want that glory. Glorify God in your faith by continuing to grow in your faith and continuing to what? Add in your faith. Amen? So the power to grow in this faith doesn't come from within us. It comes from God. His divine power has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And the key is the knowledge, the knowledge through him, through him. We have the love of our heavenly father. We have our salvation through Jesus Christ. We have Christ's intercession for us on the behalf of us to God. We have the inner presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have the companionship with each other, fellow Christians. And we have this, the inspired, the inspired word of God. The inspired word of God. You want to know God? Here you go. Here you go. This is God. In the written form, this is God. Our Holy Bibles, church. We have our Holy Bibles. God, through Jesus, has supplied us everything we need to live a successful, a successful Christian life. You have everything you need. Everything you need. It's like this when we are in school and the the teacher says, well, we're going to have a test on Friday. And we go, oh, I ain't studied. And she says, well, don't worry. It's going to be open book. It's going to be open book. The teacher has given you everything you need to pass that test. To pass that So God really doesn't have to do much more for us. He doesn't. He has given us all we need that pertains to a spiritual life and a godly life. And it all comes through our knowledge of God. That is how important it is to come to know God. You see how important it is to come to know God? And how do we come to know God? Through our relationship with Jesus. And like we said, there is only one book. Only one book that can give us the true understanding of God. That's our Bibles. Our knowledge of God must come from the revelation of who? Himself. Of himself. He is the only one who can tell us who he is. He is the only one. So no additional human wisdom is needed. No matter how smart we think we are, no additional human wisdom is needed. No new techniques, no new theories, none. None of it can supplement the complete message of God's word. None of it. 
Nothing shall be added and nothing shall be taken away. Faith in Christ gives us the Holy Spirit. It gives us the Holy Spirit, church, who gives us the knowledge of God through the inspired word of God, our Bibles. When we read our Bibles, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us give us the understanding and the knowledge of who God is. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power that is in each of you, each of you. Our Bibles are our open book on how to live this life. This life is our test, and our Bibles is the open book, church. So we have no reason to fail. We have no reason to not live a godly Christian life. If we choose this faith, we have no excuse to fail at it. You have no excuse. So we must grow. We must grow. God has given us everything we need to know how to live this Christian life. So we have no excuse, church. None. Verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, you may, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Our faith is based upon the revealed word of God. Faith come by hearing and hearing what? The word. The word. Again, the word of God brings us the knowledge of God. The word of God helps us to partake in, divine, in the divine nature of God. The word of God, our Bibles, is that seed, church. Is that seed that we need to plant within us. That we need to soak within us. That is our seed to life. That is your seed to life. Your Bible. And when we soak that Bible in, we soak those words in, it brings forth spiritual life out of us. We become spiritual. Spiritual. Not natural. Spiritual. That means we're set apart. We become different. And it shows. That's your faith. If you stand side by side with someone who's studying their word, they're in their word, and someone whose confession just stopped at receiving Christ, You'll see a difference. You'll see a difference. You should admire that person and say, wow, I want that. So you grow in your faith. You add to your faith. That's what happened to me in my journey. I watched people go from here to there in their faith because they studied God's word. They studied the things of God. They participated in the things of God. And now they are strong in their faith. This world don't have power over them. They're strong in their faith. That's where we're headed. That is where we're headed, church. Our lives as believers must line up 
with the moral, the moral goodness of Jesus. The moral goodness of Jesus. God's promises are the assurance of him helping us to be more like Christ. Our father is helping us. <laughs> He's helping us to be like Jesus. He's helping us. He's giving us all the resources we need. All the resources we need. All of them, church. Also in this chapter, Peter's teaching against uh, false religion. And he's teaching against false teachings. False teachings. Because some had decided that the only way to move from a corrupt uh, material life and move into the spiritual realm of life is to uh, abide by the laws, abide by all the laws, and and denounce anything that's that's not good for them, and that would make them more spiritual. That would make them more spiritual. It's sort of like uh, the works of religion can make you spiritual. A lot of people believe that, and a lot of people was being taught that. And Peter is teaching that that's not true, as some of the false teachers taught. So he says, through the glory and goodness of Jesus, he has given to us all, given to us, all believers, all believers, his very great and precious promises. He has given us all we need to participate in that divine nature. You have all you need, church. All you need is to participate in that divine nature of God. But there's one way to receive God's promises. And there's only one way that people can escape the evil desires of this world. One way. That's basically trusting God. Trusting God at his word and through the faith and the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is what? Our faith. It is our faith. Through that, God releases those great and wonderful promises in your life. Through that faith. There is no work. There is no work. You don't have to climb a mountain to receive God's promises. You don't have to run 10 miles. Build your faith. Build your faith. Allow God's promises to be released in your life. Remember, we said believe earlier. Whatever you're believing for, it has to be by what? By faith. By faith. By faith. Basically, through our faith, we have the promise of being spiritually born again. How amazing is that, church? How amazing is that, that through our faith, through believing, we can be changed? Not works again. Through believing, you can be changed. God doesn't reach in your body and take this heart out and places another one in. 
That's not how he does it. But those that believe has a new heart. How amazing is that? How awesome is that, that you have a new heart? That corrupt nature of that heart that you was born with is no more. Is no more. That's power. <laughs> that is power, church. That is power. So we have the privilege of sharing in God's character. So we can fulfill the responsibility of being more like Christ, which is the goal. That is our responsibility as Christians, to grow in our faith, to be more like Christ, to grow in the characteristics of God, to be more like Christ. We have that responsibility, living to the standard of his holiness, his holiness. Don't be afraid to be holy. Don't be afraid to be righteous. Don't be afraid. Don't let the world tell you, oh, you just righteous. Yes, I'm righteous. Yes, I want to be righteous. Yes, I want to be holy. Yes, I want to please my Father in heaven. Don't let the world tell you different. Do what the Spirit says, not what man says, not what this world says. We fall into that mode of, of what the world wants to look like. We are not cool anymore because we don't look like the world. We don't dress like the world. So we're outcasts, which is what God wants. To be set apart. <laughs> to be set apart. I'm going to leave it at that. Because <laughs> we all been there, right? We all, been, we all dealt in that foolishness of the world, right? Yeah, we all dealt. All we can do is pray for those that's still there. That's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it all begins with faith. It all begins with faith and the faith that we was called to. And through our faith, church, we have accepted Christ. Through our faith, we accept the Holy Spirit as our helper and our teacher. We accept the promises of God through our faith. And we accept the responsibility to grow and add to our faith, to live a godly life here on earth, which is our responsibility and which some would say is our reasonable service. Our reasonable service. He doesn't ask much, church. So in verses 5 through 7, Peter tells us, for this very reason, for this very reason, make every effort, not a little effort, every effort to add to your faith. And he says, add these things, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. Don't be afraid of that word either. And to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love, love. For this very reason, what reason? That we may be overcomers of the evil of this world and share in the divine nature of God. For this is the reason we should take spiritual growth, church, seriously. 
seriously. God's word is not a game because this life is not a game. Play with it if you want to. Play with it if you want to. You get your feelings hurt. You get your feelings hurt. <laughs> and he says, make every effort, meaning do not let nothing stop you. Do not let nothing hinder you, nothing, from growing in your faith. From growing in your faith. Don't let your brother or your sister, your mom or daddy hinder you from growing in your faith. Isn't it beautiful to watch yourself grow in your faith? Have you ever noticed that about yourself? You remember last year where you were in your faith? You was kind of weak. And today you're strong. It's beautiful, right? And you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> you did. You added something to your faith. See? You, you, evidently, you added the knowledge of God to your faith. You're reading. You're studying. You're doing the things you're supposed to. That's right. Thank him for your obedience. Yes. Thank you, God, for allowing me to be obedient. When I what, didn't want to be obedient, right? I didn't want to open that book. As Dow said, I didn't want to come to service. But I'm here. And God is going to pour into you because you are here. Amen? Let nothing stop you from growing in your faith. Peter urges us to be diligent to be obligated, to be determined, to be committed, to be what? Willing. Willing. You have to be willing. See, we are helped by the Holy Spirit. We are helped by the Holy Spirit, but we must make every effort ourselves to add to our faith, church. We are helped, yes, but we have to make every effort Church, every effort to add to our faith. We must add to what God has already done. God has blessed us, but we must add to that. We must add to that. And it's still not work. It's just our reasonable service. It's just our reasonable service. It's in us. It's in us. But we must bring it out of us. Bring it out. Bring it out. Don't let your faith be a dead faith. Bring it out. Bring it out, church. So just faith alone in Christ is not enough. Faith is not only a belief, but faith is also an action. It's also an action. Faith moves us into action. When we live in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus acts what? Through us. He acts through us, and we can trust that he is providing the ability, the ability to put our faith into action because that's what he does. When we make that initial step, he guides us. He say, thank you, child. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you understand those words. I'm going to help you understand what you don't know. That's what he does. But he, we have that responsibility to move forward, to put our faith 
into action. So he says, for this very reason, make every effort to add these things to your faith. And as we add these things to our faith, we become more like amen. Amen. And the one thing, church, about these characteristics here is that we all, a lot of people have them. A lot of people have them, naturally. But if they're not grounded in faith, they're no good for the kingdom of God. They are no good for the kingdom of God. So Peter starts with goodness. Add goodness. He says, add goodness. So as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, our character is being transformed. It's being transformed. In areas of our life where sin once set, resided, which reflected our what? Our human nature, we now possess the fruit of the Spirit, which reflects God's character. That's the change on. That's the changeover. That is the transformation. And one of those fruits is goodness. One of those fruits is goodness. So it's not phony goodness. It's not fake goodness. It's a lifestyle. Goodness has to be a lifestyle, meaning your morals. Your morals are in line with the character of Jesus. Your morals are in line with the character of Jesus. Acting good flows out of the spirit of what? Of goodness. God wants us to be great citizens for the kingdom and also great citizens in our own society where we live, church. So as believers, we are to make every effort, every effort to live a life that's morally good. Morally good. Set aside our sinful desires, church. And seek goodness. Let's add goodness to our faith. It's a lifestyle. And to goodness, we add knowledge. Knowledge. Not just any knowledge. We can have all the street knowledge we want. But that street knowledge will never get us in heaven. Will never get us in heaven. That's the message that we must take outside these doors. Because there's a lot of people with street knowledge that think they're okay, but they're really not. I mean, we've we probably all been there. I know I've been there. Oh, I know about the streets. You can't tell me nothing. I don't know nothing about God, a thing about God. I'm going straight down there. <laughs> I'm so glad he saved me. <laughs> Peter's talking about the knowledge of Scripture, though. He's talking about the knowledge of Scripture, the knowledge of the Word of God, the knowledge of our Bibles. Knowledge about how to live this Christian life, because it's all in our Bibles, church. It's all in that book that you have, that you have multiple of them. See, we can, be, we can choose to be spiritual ignorant if we want to. Because we have everything we need to not be. But now is the time to learn those spiritual lessons and begin to grow in our faith. 
See, today is a day that has never been seen before. So you can start today if you're living. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. It could be a new day for you. A new day. Yesterday doesn't even count. Doesn't even count. Today is a new day for each of us. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? To grow in the knowledge of God that leads to salvation and transformation. The knowledge of God, our books. And it leads to the wisdom and discernment that leads to us living a godly life. Because the days are what? Evil. And we are not promised tomorrow. The days are evil and we are not promised tomorrow, church. What makes us so good to, to be skipped over? Why are we so blessed to be skipped over? To be shielded from the evils and the corruption and the dangers of this world? What makes you so good? God is watching over you. He's watching over you personally. Know that. There's nothing else. We're not special. <laughs> but you have the attention of God. Keep that attention of God on you. And thank him. Thank him for it. For that grace and that mercy because we see a lot of good people that are not here by tragedy sickness and disease everything a lot of good people a lot of people that's better than us right better than us always keep that in mind always seek out the God's ways and his word and add these things, add that knowledge to your faith, church. Add knowledge and to knowledge self-control. A lot of us focus on self-effort. Self-effort. But self-effort in the long run is going to fail because it does nothing for the inner man. Does nothing for the inner man. Those desires stay with us when we do things on our own. They don't leave us. That is why we have the help from the Holy Spirit so we can gain self-control because we can't do it on our own strength. We're too weak. We are too weak. We're giving in a heartbeat. Doctor, tell me don't eat sugar. <laughs> I can't resist it in my own strength. So I got to pray for forgiveness. God, I'm weak. <laughs> I need something sweet. <laughs> we are weak in our own strength and our own self-effort. We must depend on God. So we have the Holy Spirit to help us to gain that self-control. The one who masters over sinful human desires in every aspect of their life is the one with self-control. I know that sounds a lot. Master your sinful desires in every aspect of your life. I know that sounds like a lot. 
But we must do that without compromising our faith. Again, our reasonable service. If we don't, we're letting other things take control of us. And we have no self-control, church. I know we as parents, we try to instill self-discipline and self-control to our children. But are we disciplined ourselves? Are we disciplined ourselves? Can we control our anger? Can we control uh, our tongues? Can we control our desires for the things that's not of God? Do we allow ourselves to be spiritually weak, to skip the gathering of God's people? Do we allow ourselves to be spiritually weak to uh, not read his word or, or to uh, skip prayer, not pray because you're tired and the only thing you want to do is rest? Do we allow those things to happen in our life? Can we control the urges of drugs, alcohol, pills, whatever it may be? Sex, for that matter, even food. Can we control it? Can we control it? We must learn to have self-control over ourselves, church, over ourselves. No one else can do it for us. No one else can do it for us. We must learn to discipline ourselves if we want to grow and mature in our faith. Our reasonable service. Everything is not up to Jesus. Everything is not up to Jesus, church. This self-control thing, that's on us. That's on us. He has given us all we need. And I know this self-control is one of the hardest things it is. But it's a fruit of the Spirit. So that means we have everything we need, right? Let's help each other to, to grow in that self-control, and let's add that to our faith. Perseverance. The quality of self-control must then lead to perseverance. The ability to what? Endure the sufferings and, and evil without giving up your faith. Enduring the sufferings without giving up your faith. Why do I have to go through this, God? I'm tired of going through this. I'm done with this faith. It's easy to do that. You feel like things are not going your way. So you don't endure. You don't persevere. And we're going to need that being Christians because this whole world is against you. Is against you. We need to persevere. Persevere is a must in the maturity of our faith, church. It's greatly needed to add to our faith because this world will test you. They will test you, but we are called to persevere. We are called to be strong through the trials and tribulations of this life. Stand strong in our faith. Persevere. Endure. You're not alone. 
We are not alone, church. And to perseverance, we add that word godliness. And to a steadfast character, we must add that godliness. These are things we add to our faith. A disciplined, devoted Christian life. Discipline in growing in the things of God. Discipline in it. Start with being aware of God in every area of your life. A lifestyle that models Jesus. A lifestyle that models Jesus. Discipline to be godly. Reading your word. Spending time fasting. Spending time in prayer. That goodness that we talked about. Seeking God, growing in the character of Jesus on purpose. Reading God's word, finding out how Jesus walked this earth and saying, I want to be like that. That is how we're supposed to be. Read about Jesus. That's how we are to be. To be. Read about Jesus. Treating everyone with kindness and being fair to everyone, godliness, everyone, church, everyone, and showing the love of Christ to everyone. It all comes back to Christ. Everything comes back to Christ. And to God in this, we add mutual affection. Mutual affection. Grow in our mutual affection. Our love for a brother or sister. The affection one has for a family member. This is the love that Christians has for the body of Christ. The love we have for each other is almost like no other. Because guess what? We really don't understand it. How can we love each other so much that wasn't born of the same people. It's hard to understand. But that's that different type of love. That's that mutual affection. That's that love of Christ. That's in that new heart of ours that the world can't understand. They get upset with us when we love our brothers and sisters in Christ and, and we may shun them a little bit, right? They get upset with us. But that's that same heart, that same heart. That's another way of being set apart, another way of being set apart, church. So we are growing in our faith together. We need each other. We need to grow in our mutual affection for each other. So if there's anyone in here that don't know somebody in here, get to know them and grow in that mutual affection for each other. For each other, church. We are the family of God, the body of Christ. Let us grow in that mutual affection. Last but not least, love. Love. While we as Christians show each other that mutual, beautiful mutual affection, we must add love that put others first. Seeking their highest good. Not ours, theirs, theirs. It's a sacrificial love. 
It's the same love that God showed to us that we must show to others. It's the type of love that makes it okay to be weak. It's the type of love that makes it okay to be imperfect. It's the type of love that doesn't judge. It doesn't judge. It's the love that heals our wounds when we're hurt. When we're broken inside, that love comes in and carries and picks up those burdens of each other. It's the love of Jesus. Jesus is love. So we as Christians has the responsibility to carry on that love upon this earth. We must make every effort to grow in our love, not just for each other, not just for our family members, but for every race of people, every religion of people, everyone. People should know us by our love. That's what Jesus said, right? They will know you are my disciples. Love. Love. So I want us to continue into this next week. So as we close, I just want us to pray. If you could, stand to your feet, if you, if you can, if you can. I want us to pray through Psalms 51. First, Father, we thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for your understanding, Father. Thank you for the hearts that receive your word today, God. I thank you for just expressing yourself, God of what you wanted us to know about that faith, about adding to that faith and growing in that faith, God, that faith that is pleasing to you, that faith that you have given us, almighty God, that, God, that you desire for us to grow, to, to know you more, to be more like Jesus. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. As we pray over your word, Father, open our hearts and our understanding. Psalms 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Block out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what evil is in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Hallelujah. Cleanse me of my hazard, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Hallelujah. 
Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, O God, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing, a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. These altars.